This episode is brought to you by Levitt Pavilion. This summer, check out one of my favorite outdoor concert venues in Denver, Levitt Pavilion. May through October, Levitt is offering ticketed and totally free all-ages concerts. I feel like we just go to anything that's free because it's like the kids can be at the show and it's people aren't weird about it and you can like bring a picnic. It's awesome. Some of the free shows this season include Iskali, Melvin Seals, War and Treaty, Sunny War, Chali Tuna, and more. To RSVP for free shows and buy tickets, plus see the full concert schedule, go to levittdenver.org. That's levittdenver.org. Today on CityCast Denver. A new documentary about escaping gang violence made a big splash at the Denver Film Festival earlier this month. It's called The Holly, and it's based on a book of the same name that came out last year from investigative journalist Julian Rubenstein. The Holly tells the story of Terrence Roberts, a former gang member from Park Hill who went to prison and eventually returned to his old neighborhood to do community work, only to be targeted in an alleged conspiracy involving Denver police. The documentary has a lot to say about Terrence Roberts, Park Hill, and the Denver police and our city government. But before its big premiere at the Film Fest, the story took another turn when Terrence announced he was running for mayor. So what should we make of this unorthodox candidate? Like Terrence, our regular contributor Theo Wilson grew up in Northeast Denver and the two crossed paths doing community and activism work. Today on the show, Theo talks about the Terrence Roberts he knows from Park Hill, the man he sees as a formidable candidate for mayor, and the person he thinks voters should get to know through this compelling documentary. Today is Monday, November 14th, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Theo Wilson, welcome back to CityCast Denver. Thank you for having me, Bree. So the documentary sort of makes this case that the police and maybe certain city officials were involved in a hit on Terrence. What do you make of those allegations? It, they're becoming harder and harder to deny. And mm. and so conspiracy is tough, right? Because right. <laughs> they get thrown around, especially these days, uh, they get thrown around everywhere. But a theory is no longer a theory when there's evidence. And without going into too much detail, uh, what I will say is that it is patternistic to interrupt organic community-based peace solutions. This has happened before. There's, in, of course, when you're connected with these neighborhoods and you hear the young men talk, since they're not, quote, officials, sometimes you, you hesitate to take their word for it. But there seems to be a pattern from Los Angeles to to Chicago, to here, if your solution to the community's problems ends up getting in somebody else's way who has a powerful agenda, then covert forces, as we know from the Cointel Pro Papers and what we now know happened to Malcolm X and Dr. Martin Luther King, this is not unprecedented. When that, when I first heard about it, I was like, how is this going to hold up, man? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to have some, you got to have some proof. And now it's looking like it's there. And the implications point to a shadow in the power structure of Denver that is a part of keeping communities distraught and disoriented 
so that they can more easily be profited from. This is interesting to me because now we're looking forward at Terrence Roberts, the mayoral candidate. Right. And I just wonder how that squares with you as someone who's also watched Terrence really struggle with the way that maybe the city treats him. You know what? I think that they're going to expose their hand. Mm. You, you know, there's there's something that happens when someone is not easily bought. When someone is not in the pocket or kissing the ring of people who are the puppet masters in this city. And that is they'll begin to make moves that kind of expose where their reach always was, but was beneath the surface. I think I, I anticipate that happening. And the reason I'm, I'm, I'm speaking in vagaries right now, because to say something like that puts, you know, yeah, the threat of like defamation out there. I'm not trying to have you or me responsible for that. But the documentary is going to talk about it. Like, mm -hmm. that's what the proof is that the book is going to talk about it. And I think that Terrence's candidacy is going to try the integrity of the city. The man understands Denver from the angle of the have nots. You know what I mean? And that's a different angle than if you're coming at it from somebody who's in uh, in, in, in cahoots with the developers, let's say. Right. Who's got the the interests of the developers in mind or, you know, right. folks who are backing these other campaigns for candidates that they see moving their agenda forward. And Terrence would probably not be that candidate. You know, he's not easily bought, man. And I suppose every human being has their price um, from what he's been through. It's kind of hardened him against that kind of influence. He's and he's hard to scare. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And so that's why I'm interested in plus. Uh, from discussing a few things with him about how to reallocate resources to those in need. He's got a pretty significant grasp on the levers of like how to actually make things happen in the city. He understands the municipal mechanics necessary to get funding where it needs to be. He's trying to generate the will. This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board. Because the wine community here is like surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone. And there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade, hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. I'm wondering how you feel about watching a story like this involving someone you know in your community hmm. get turned into a big documentary with like folks from Hollywood sort of behind it. Like, do you think folks that are interested in checking him out as a candidate should see this documentary? I think they should, because what it's going to do is it's going to put out there a lot of the stuff that people try to use against him anyway. So it's just good intel to have on somebody. Right. You got to understand how bad this dude is beating the hell out of the odds, man. Like yeah. just <laughs> when we were coming up, 
I just remember the certain faces of kids that I knew on the playground who are now incarcerated or dead, and we were just babies together, right? Park Hill in the 90s was a gauntlet that a lot of people didn't make it out of. When I got to uh, high school my freshman year, I was one, I, I felt like I was one of the few people I, I, I knew who did not have a bullet wound in them. You, you know what I mean? Like it, it was crazy. Yeah. And we were just, they were just showing them like, you know, I'm not me cause I've never been shot, but they were showing them the arm and the leg and through the calf and uh, a grazing of the ribs. Right. And, and even still some of those gentlemen uh, met their end even before we were all adults. So for Terrence Roberts to be out here taking the chance to be a real contender, to be mayor of the city of Denver brings a perspective to power that, I think the city's in desperate need of, seriously. I'm thinking about the average Denverite who's mm-hmm. going to see a headline, not familiar with Terrence's story, just sees he's going to be described forever in his life as a former gang member. Uh-huh. What do you want those people to know who wouldn't consider voting for him because of a label? I need people to really check how liberal they really are. If you, if you, right, if you say you're a liberal... And you don't like the fact that this man used to be in a street gang that exists because that part of the city was redlined into existence in the first place. Uh, Then, you know, go ahead and check your liberal card at the door, person who's from Denver. Right. Or if you call yourself a conservative and you don't like a story of redemption. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you don't like to see somebody turn their life around then don't go to church asking for or giving anything that looks like a testimony. If you ain't down with Terrence Roberts because of who he used to be, understand this is a testimony. Yeah. And I think that people need to take heart in the fact that a story like this could be written out of Denver in and of itself. And that's what I say to people who try to hold him to his past like that. So then what would you make of Terrence as a candidate? Like, what does he stand for for a, a voter who would be looking towards him? What do you think he's really got a, a keen eye or, or direct experience with when it comes to issues? Resource reallocation from the haves to the have nots in a way that is municipally feasible. One of the things that Terrence was really upset about the summer of 2013 when we were hanging out real tough was what he started to see was the constriction of resources to the hood right yeah uh it was a food desert like that north park hill area they built another rec center across the street from a rec center right he was like but it would be great but we can't get had, a grocery store right can we get a grocery store can we get some medical care right here which they ended up putting a, a facility near uh that part of park hill anyway but and there was the money to do it denver's mm-hmm. budget our purse strings haven't been hit by these economic downturns like other cities have been We're wasting the dollars that could be spent uplifting the people who need it in this city. And instead of policies that shovel away our poor, uh, you know, to give the city a facelift, how about taking those resources and putting them to work in a real way that would actually achieve the thing you're trying to do, but not so cruelly and with more humanity. And so Terrence's grasp on what it means to be poor, broke, and subject to violence also makes him 
sensitive to the youth in a way that I'm not hearing other candidates articulate. Mm. So he could maybe reallocate some things that we've watched for a long time, go to other things in the city when we're looking at the same pressing problems we've been looking at for, in some cases, decades. I think if we're talking about gun violence, for instance, that's not new, you know? Not only that, but you have to understand, like, the people who own dispensaries in Denver are going to be all right, you know? Like, the people who are, you know, having dog parks like you know like if 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 you're from the hood you see dog parks as like a sign that the neighborhood is going to change like as soon as you see the dog park you know what i mean but the but folks over a certain amount of of net worth and annual income aren't really going to be affected by whoever the hell is mayor yeah but the people at the bottom of the city economically and class speaking that's everything so if you're going to be fine regardless of who's mayor. Well, how about you pay attention to the candidate who actually has the integrity not to be bought off by certain people, ain't easily intimidated, and has the emotional intelligence and connectivity to those at the bottom of the city to actually figure out how to change things? Wouldn't you want to see things change in this great city? Mm. You feel me? That's a great question, though. I mean, it's like you're saying you're you're talking to, to someone who may like if you're saying like someone who's not going to be affected regardless. Right. Those are the people we want to care the most. Like, please care about the mm-hmm. issues that don't affect you. And right. again, I've worked on a campaign for a, a candidate who is not going to make a dent in it. But what she wanted to do was bring those issues to light. So right. I I could see Terrence being a great vehicle for that, regardless of the outcome. He's going to make people talk about stuff they don't want to talk about. Absolutely. And not only that, but it's like he even if he were not to be successful, there's going to be things that you can't not talk about. The dialogue is going to shift so heavily right now um, that there's just going to be a few things that, you know, are going to be in our consciousness. Terrence, he gets the city. Right. Like he, he understands the city. He just gets it from a different angle. And so, yeah, I think it's he's <laughs> he's worth paying attention to. So Terrence has got he's got this view of the cities ex- and the experience that like other candidates just can't have based on who he is, what he's lived through and what, you know, like he's he can just see it. different. I can totally see what you're saying. Right. And he cares about the rest of the city from like and the like neighbor like like he's gonna still you know he's got ways to address everything from the things that make the city shiny you know what i mean from the broncos to the tourism sector you know skiing dia (laughs) the dispensaries all the great stuff about denver that i think mayor hancock really he did a good job polishing the face of the city he didn't do a good job in fact i believe some of his policies actually uh, made the underbelly of the city far worse than they had to be. Yeah. There is a cruelty to our current policies. There is a civic structural violence that a lot of people in doing the facelift of Denver don't really understand how cruel it is not to serve the demographics and populations that Terrence cares about. It's cruel. It's one thing if you can't do something about something, but if you can do it and you don't do it, morally, that's a different kind of weight. Yeah. Theo Wilson, thank you so much for joining me. No problem. Thank you, Brie. 
We spoke with Terrence Roberts and author Julian Rubenstein last year when the book The Holly came out. I'll drop a link to that episode in the show notes. And here's what else Denverites are talking about. As the Denver School Board prepares to vote on potential school closures this week, the district is already pulling back on its recommendations. Chalkbeat reports that Superintendent Alex Marrero originally wanted to close 10 DPS schools pending approval of the board, but after community outcry, the proposal is down to five schools. Recently, Jeffco, the state's second largest school district, also voted to close 16 elementary schools because of declining enrollment. We're following this issue closely, so stay tuned. And hey, anyone want to buy a shuttered dive bar? It'll cost you a cool 1.5 million bucks to take over the White Horse, a decades-old watering hole that long served as a gathering place for the Native community. Author Erica T. Worth recently memorialized it in her indigenous literary horror novel, also called White Horse. Owner Richard Sense told Denver that he hopes someone preserves the Westwood dive, but wouldn't be surprised if it becomes another corporate drive through or apartments. Que sera, sera. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell Adam McKay about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Denver, by texting Denver to 66866. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See ya. I feel like I even listened to a couple interviews before to try to make sure I said it right. Let me see. Hold on. You are correct. Julian Rubenstein.